One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Do you know, it's a gorgeous morning out there. Yeah, it's cold and it's fresh. Right? I really asked myself, have they gone over the top a small bit now with these weather warnings? Like a yellow snow and ice warning for the whole country. Lads, it's January. January is inclined to get a bit cold. I said it to the car this morning and it was minus two. That's not exactly the Antarctic. I'm wondering where this warning stuff comes from. And they are going a bit over the top with it, I think, to be all fair with you. Um, I'll talk to Alan O'Reilly in a minute about what we're going to happen for the week. But it's going to be cold and it's going to be fresh and it's going to be bright. And you need to watch yourself. And if you're inclined to fall, then maybe stay at home. And if you have an elderly relative or an elderly neighbor who would struggle with getting out, just look after them. Um, but I'm, I don't know. This, it, I don't think it does them good for their credibility when you start issuing snow and ice warning for a bit of normal January weather. But that's just me, and it's Monday morning, and maybe I'm a small bit cranky. Good morning, 0818969696. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 0833969696. Your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. You want to catch up on the news events of the weekend because it has been busy, joined by Maureen Twig from the 96FM newsroom. I'll start with two credit union raids, Maureen, within days of each other, one of them just this weekend. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Yeah, so two credit unions in Cork have faced armed robberies in the last uh, 10 days. The uh, Clonakilty Credit Union was robbed at knife point on Friday. So uh, a man entered the credit union in Clonakilty where he, we understand, he threatened a staff member with a knife and demanded to be given cash. Now, no injuries were reported, uh, but we have, uh, we do understand the man did make off with a sum of money from the premises. And what we're hearing is, you know, it sent shockwaves through the local community, as you can imagine, 
people come and go to the credit union and this is the last thing uh, that you'd expect. And concerned residents, you know, have taken to social media. They want to support the workers who I'm sure were completely shocked by the incident. And the local soccer club, which is Clonakilty AFC, they posted to say that they hope that everyone's OK. Um, they said, you know, the credit union's a great supporter of their club and they're sending all the wonderful staff best wishes after such a dreadful experience. Um Meanwhile, then closer, I suppose, to the city, the Ballinlock Credit Union was robbed just over a week ago now. Well, at the start of the year on the January 5th, so the, the first Friday of the year, and an email sent to members of that credit union. And they said that, you know, you may be aware that your credit union suffered a robbery um, on the Friday. They said, thankfully, nobody was hurt in the incident, which happened in the Ballinlock office. And no members uh, were in the office at the time and the, the note said whilst the staff involved were very upset they acted in a highly professional manner mm. ensuring the matter wasn't escalated it was closed for the day Gardaí, you know, began an investigation and uh, they just uh, informed members that their other offices continued to be available for service during the day and they said they assure their members that visiting any of their offices that the security of staff and members is always uh, uppermost in their concerns and they just thanked everyone who can contacted their offices expressing their concerns and their good wishes and as they say guard the investigations into both of those okay. uh, incidents. Talking about the arrest and charge of a man called Zach O'Leary, Maureen, who's he and what's he in court for? Yeah, so um, Zach O'Leary, he's 23, he's of Palmbury Orchard in Toker, and he appeared before Cork District Court over the weekend, charged with possession of a firearm and ammunition. Now, he was charged after being arrested on Friday night when a car was stopped on the lower Glanmire Road in the city. Now, this car was being driven by a female driver with a male front seat passenger, and a search of the vehicle uncovered a firearm and ammunition. Now, it's he's, he's charged, he's been remanded in custody and he's appeared in court charged with being in possession of a .22 long rifle calibre bolt and 81 rounds of ammunition. Now the woman um, involved here, the driver of the car was released without charge and a file will be sent to the DPP. A bail in the case of Zach O'Leary who said was 23 or is 23 rather was denied because of the seriousness of the charges and the nature of the evidence in the case. Now he's been remanded in custody uh, to appear by video link at Cork District again tomorrow. We have a feud in North Cork around Charleville. It was confirmed in court I think before Judge Cullum Roberts on Friday or was it Thursday. There is a feud going on in Charleville and it's getting nasty. That's it. So the number of men have been arrested in North Cork as part of an investigation. So it's into violent disorder incidents and they've been charged and, as I say, appeared in court. Now, Gardaí arrested um, a number of men after seizing cannabis, slash hooks, machetes, golf clubs and two suspected petrol bombs in Charleville. And it was a search operation where these were uncovered. It was at seven houses in the area involved. Multiple agencies, there was revenue, were a part of it, the Cork County Drug Units. Uh, the four accused, so four of the accused right appeared before Middleton District Court on Thursday and Judge Cullen Roberts was told of a feud between two families in Charleville. Now the court heard that the rivalry has been going on for about six weeks and bail was granted with conditions for three of the accused while another was remanded in custody. Now subsequently on Friday another man appeared before for my district court. Now he's also been remanded in custody so in total 
there's uh, five before the courts at the moment in in relation to that. And as you said, PG, yeah, it was confirmed in court um, that it's, you know, the judge Cullen Roberts was told of a feud between two families in Charleville and that their rivalry has been going on for about six weeks. Now, lastly, we've a distressing story from Perth in Australia, Moirid, of a man from Ballincolling originally, I believe, who went missing when he was swimming. Yeah, so this is a really sad story and uh, prayers are being said uh, for the local man. So his name is Damien Lucy. Now, he's uh, missing in Perth in Australia. So um, Ballincolic AFC have taken to social media. They're asking their followers to keep their former player Damien Lucy in their thoughts after he got into difficulty in the ocean off Perth last week. Now, before emergency services could help, he went missing in the water and he hasn't been seen since. So his family is friends and loved ones. They're asking for prayers that he be returned home soon. It's understood Mr Lucy is in his early 40s that he emigrated to Australia a few years ago and the Department of Foreign Affairs says it's aware of the case and is providing consular assistance. Now, another sporting club, uh, Ballonhasig um, AFC, they've taken to social media as well and saying that their thoughts are with all the Lucy family after news emerged of the disappearance of Damien Lucy. He was a former senior men's player and a friend to many current and past Ballonhasig AFC members. And uh, they've just posted, you know, we, that they hope that he can be reunited with his family. They're just saying he was last seen going for a swim in Perth in Australia on Monday, the 8th of January. He's originally from Ballonhasig, the post says here. He moved to Ballonhasig just before secondary school and he played underage football with Ballonhasig before returning to Ballonhasig as a senior in the mid-2000s. And they're just saying, you know, a very well-respected footballer and by all accounts an even nicer person. Yeah. And they just said their thoughts are with him and his family at this incredibly challenging time. And just uh, speaking of family, um, Damien Lucy's sister has posted on Facebook as well just last evening and uh, just saying that, you know, Monday 8th of January, Damien went for a dip on Honeycomb Beach south of Perth. Uh, two people heard as they call him, Damo, call out for help. But unfortunately, the water took our funny, witty brother under. They said they're still waiting for the call to say that he's been found. So it's Eleanor Lucy posting this on Facebook. They say they that, you know, they'll be eternally grateful for Damo's Aussie family, for what they're doing for them, for all the visitors, callers. They said they're truly amazed how many lives Damo's infectious laugh truly touched. Mm-hmm. And they said, please keep hope that he will be returned to us. It's It's so sad. It's so sad and you're so far away, so worried about him. Maureen, thank you for that roundup. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Maureen Tuig from the Corks 96 FM newsroom. A lot going on around the city in the last couple of days. Court appearances, that feud in Jalabal, very much a, a talking point around town at the weekend. Firearm seizures, our, our, our little city has gone... You don't need me to tell you. 0818 96 96 96. It's cold out there. It's cold and it's bright. And it was a beautiful morning driving in crisp and fresh and all those things. There is a yellow snow and ice warning in place. And I stand over this. I'm wondering, like, hang on a second now. Isn't this a bit panicky? Let's find out how this week is going to go in a minute with Alan O'Reilly of, of Carla Weather. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. 
on Cork's 96FM. Join me weekdays from 4pm where you could win a voucher for Oak Fire Pizza for voice notes like this. Hi Izzy, I would love some Taylor Swift. I'm such a Swifty. We might be putting your knowledge to the test with a quiz or two. I haven't been this nervous since I was at school. And I'll be sure to play more of your favourite tunes. And I love your show. Your music is fantastic, Izzy. I love it. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me home. With Izzy Show Busy. Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. Kate points out with all the waterlogged fields from the last couple of months, there's been a lot of runoff onto the roads, which will then, of course, freeze hard. And people should be careful when driving, which is a valid point. This weather, by the look of my weather apps anyway, is down till Friday. Very cold by night, uh, not getting much above freezing a lot of the time during the day, into maybe three or four degrees at most. And then, looks like it'll break fairly dramatically at the weekend. Alan O'Reilly joins me from Carlo Weather. Just look at that weather warning first, Alan, if you would, for me. Met Aaron with a yellow snow and ice warning or cold night. Is it really necessary? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, the, the strangest thing about that is the examiner had a piece um, uh, last week that they're actually changing the yellow criteria for low temperatures from minus three to minus two. Now, I think if we're going to issue a yellow weather warning every time it gets down to minus two, we're really going to annoy people with thinking that warnings. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. If there's a risk of you know freezing rain or there's a risk of showers and frost, you could give a yellow warning. But, I mean, if it's going to be dry and it's going to be just minus three or minus four, I'm not really sure that warrants a yellow warning, to be honest, in my opinion, Vija. Like this is January. That's what January is supposed to do, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, like, cold spells in January are not unusual. Okay, you know, the fact that it's kind of been cool last week and it's cold this week, it's a bit more prolonged. It's probably hurting people's, you know, heating bills. Yeah. Um, um, and as I say, you can get a shower or two, which can create icy conditions. But generally in the south of the country, it's going to be largely dry and yeah. cold um, yeah, yeah. and some lovely blue sunshine, blue skies with sunshine. So, yeah, I'm not sure it helps helps the case when you try and maybe people are trying to say, oh, we, we don't pay attention to the weather warnings. I think this kind of plays into that, unfortunately. You, you, made, you mentioned something that I've only ever seen once in my life, Alan, and I never want to see again, freezing rain. Yeah, freezing rain is a very nasty. We had it a couple of years ago. We've had it a few times, but that's a that's a particularly nasty kind of weather setup, really, um, where you have basically milder air bringing in rain, but falling on frozen ground, and it just turns everything into sheets of glass, really. And I remember forecasting that, and people were asking me what it was, and then people telling me afterwards, "Well, now I know what it is. I'll never forget it because yeah. it's it's not a nice." I was caught in it on the airport road. It's terrifying. It actually is terrifying. Is. Yeah. 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 So what are we looking no, at for the week, Alan, in the south of the country? Yeah, so mainly dry. Good sunshine is the good news. Um, now, it won't be clear blue skies all day, every day, but there will be a lot of sunshine this week. But temperatures really struggling to get up above three or four degrees. Like, maybe closer to the coast, it'll be a bit higher, but it's it's going to kind of stay frozen in the shade, even in places, so... It's a bitterly cold week. It's staying dry, really, in the south. I mean, the north will see some showers. The northwest will see some snow showers. There was a risk of a front moving up, um, bringing rain that would turn to snow in the south. But that's going to stay well south of us now on Wednesday. 
Um, looks like it's mainly going to hit France, not even probably going to hit Southern England. Might just clip Southern England. And and then it's really, like, it's a little bit less cold tomorrow, but you won't really notice it much because it won't be that much of a difference. But it's hard frost Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, cold day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to start. But then by Friday evening, it looks like temperatures will be back up to around 7 or 8 degrees. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned there, the giraffes are giving you an indication this cold spell is going to come to an end pretty swiftly and pretty sharply with the Atlantic roaring back into uh, coming back towards us with storms even so it's going to turn very wet and windy for the weekend and there's a risk of some nasty storms next week especially catching the south now too far out to pinpoint where those storms might end up and some of the weather models have them staying a little bit south of us um, missing the real strong winds but some of them have us right in the firing line so that's something to keep a close eye on but if you uh, if you don't mind the cold then enjoy this week because yeah. it is going to be probably the best week we're going to have for a while yeah because next week you're, you're right Friday night into Saturday morning I was looking at one of my own apps here Alan and it looks like a real sudden end to this in the early hours of Saturday morning and it'll be pouring with rain when we wake up so if you like the cold fresh bright weather make the most of it for the week Absolutely, and and even though like it might get up to seven degrees when it's wet and windy and seven degrees, it's it's probably worse because it doesn't feel like seven degrees when it's wet and windy as well. No. So while while temperature will come back up, it's not going to be getting mild, mild. No, in, in, it's like not. it's not going to feel very mild. In so, fact, that that yeah, actually feels worse than the storms. cold. Sometimes that feels an awful lot worse than the cold. It does because, like I mean, it's it's easy enough to warm yourself when you're dry, but when you get wet, it's it's a it's a different story altogether. So yeah, no, it's a it's a nice crisp, like a northerly really does, especially in the south of the country. It brings us nice clear skies and nice sunny winter sunshine. Um, so it's it's a make the most of it, but try and stay warm and just keep the only thing like is PJ keep an eye on the elderly neighbours and that because they mightn't realise that it's going to turn milder next week and they might be sparing the heat and the fuel and thinking maybe I won't light the fire, or I won't put on the That's right. the heat and um. So make sure that everybody's staying warm because we don't need people to be cold in this day and age. No, we don't. Alan, thank you. Alan O'Reilly of uh, Carlo Weather. Yeah, to my mind, this is beautiful weather. It's down until Friday and a drastic change Friday into Saturday and Sunday. That horrible, wet, cold and I hate it and I know so many people do thank you Alan 0818 96 96 96 that's good advice though from Kate who reminds us of all the waterlogged fields and still waterlogged after all the wet in December and November and October and all that and they are they have leaked out onto the roads and the roads are freezing and be very 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 careful and if you do have a neighbour who struggles to get out worries about their mobility give them a look in and get them a half dozen eggs and a loaf of bread and a block of cheese they'll be fine make sure they're nice and warm yeah for PJ I don't think Cork had snow in its yellow warning I think it's mainly northern counties that's from Aidan O'Driscoll it's a low temperature ice warning for all fair enough fair point fair point but but what Alan O'Reilly is making the point and I think so many warnings now we're going to get an ice warning for minus two these days because of the new standards for, for Met Aaron and I'm, I don't want to come down hard on Met Aaron but I just I, the touch of the boy who cried wolf about it I think anyway two other things 0818 96 96 96 there's a small takeover happening in Western Australia <laughs> Stephanie O'Flaherty and her brothers her entire family seems to be trying to, to take over the place uh, reading from Timothy O'Mahony's wonderful column, Carconians Abroad, 
in The Echo. Um, and back around 2012, Stephanie, you went out there with your with your now husband, Cahill, and you stayed. Originally, it started as kind of, well, let's give it a blast for a year, didn't it? Good morning. Yes, yes, it did. Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, we definitely just kind of threw caution to the wind and just said, you know, we'll give it a chance. Couldn't Can't be any worse than things are and just give it a try and see how we go. Like it was 11 years ago. Things weren't great then. Had, had you a job, for example? I was working in Boston Scientific during the summer um, and I had only graduated in that October. Then I have um, a degree in uh, pharmaceutical chemistry. Um, so I was working in Boston Scientific and I did give that up, but it was, I had only been started there probably three months prior, um, just when I finished my exams. Um, so nothing too deep for me. Yeah, Cahill had more connections. He was very involved with Blue Demons. In fact, if I think back hard enough, I probably remember him. Absolutely. He's Blue Blood. Um, actually, last week they were in the cup semifinals and we were up at all hours of the morning to watch it from Perth. Um <laughs> So, but yeah, he definitely had a lot more to lose than I, or give up, I suppose, not lose. Um, Then I did, he had, you know, a permanent full-time job in EMC where he had been there for quite a few years. Obviously very much involved in the, in the basketball scene from a coaching and playing perspective. All his friends, family, like everybody else, I suppose. Point in the Josh. I mean, I know the Josh well. (laughs) I think that was probably the hardest thing to give up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So talk talk to me about the conversation and how it went. Well, I think like I kind of probably sounds awful, but I suppose we were together four years at the time and I kind of didn't really give him an ultimatum. I said, well, I'm going, you can come or you, you can stay like, you know, it's pretty much up to you. Um, And as I said, he had a lot more to lose, which I completely understood that it could be, you know, the end of our relationship and that was that. But it was definitely, I've had the travel travel bug since I was quite young, travelling with basketball and stuff. And I always just said, like, you know, I wanted to do it. The time at home, we were in the recession. I wasn't, like, going to get something very quickly from a work perspective that I could see myself doing for the next 30, 40 years. So I was like, this is the perfect time for me. I could see when I did have the conversation with him, he was definitely a bit like, oh, okay, um... And he said, yeah, maybe we'll go. I don't know if he thought I was that serious, I think, but a couple of weeks to a couple of months down the line where I was finished my exams and I was like, right, I'm going to go in and kind of suss out this. He probably got a bit more rattled. (laughs) Um, And in the end of the day, we were kind of both a bit nervous. um, And I said, let's flip a coin. (laughs) Heads we go and tails we don't. We were actually away in Liverpool for a weekend. And I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen so we flipped the coin heads it was and uh, we came back and went in and organised our visas and obviously haven't looked back since and was it a year or two years you organised originally what was or was 11 years in the script no 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 it was um, definitely one year it was the plan was to come travel so similar like thing to most people we went and did Thailand for a couple of weeks Cambodia then on to Perth and our plan was to travel through Australia, but we, Cahill actually had family in Perth, so we said we'd base ourselves there first, get a bit of, you know, lay the land, kind of familiarise ourselves with some people and how it all worked out. Um, and we never moved from Perth. And you settled and you're, are you both citizens now? Yeah, we're both citizens since um, 2021. 
Um, so we stayed our first year and to in Australia to get your second year, you have to do what's called, called regional work. So um, unless you get some sponsorship and um, we had a couple of sponsorships fall through on us. So we went and did our regional work. We got our second year visa and then we had a bit of a trail and tribulation trying to stay here again with visas and stuff like that. So we ended up applying for what's called a state nominated sponsorship um, through my qualification. There's there's basically a list. And if you're on the list, you can kind of go through this process to try and apply. We had a bit of a rigmarole. We ended up home for nine months waiting on the visa to come through and then came back out uh, 2015. If, if, if you play the Aussies game and tick their boxes, they welcome you with open arms. Or am I wrong? You're absolutely right. I think, like, I admire them in a way. They they look after their own. They're very much like, if you want to come on the working holiday visa, feel free, come away. But you need to come here with X amount of money and you need to look after yourselves. But from there on out then, you know, as you kind of earn your stripes, I guess, for want yeah. of a better phrase, yeah. they, they obviously need certain labour. If you tick that box, there's great systems in, in place. But, you know, you have to work hard to get yeah. there as a... You have to show them that you deserve it. But, but talk to me about this family takeover of Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Two brothers as well. That's it, yeah. So um, I obviously went, you know, as I said, flipped the coin and off I went to my travels in 2012. Um, and I, I have two younger brothers. So my middle brother, John, uh, he decided to take Leap of Faith the year after me. So 2014, I think he came. Similar situation, came on a one year, let's try it. Um, they're here 10 years now uh, with two beautiful kids and, a, and currently just after um, buying a plot to build. Absolutely flying it. And then my younger brother, Liam, he came out, um, I think it was 2018 he came. Same thing, he has a beautiful daughter, Ali, doing really well and like, you know, just, I guess, as you said, taking over Australia. And now you all living near each other? Yeah, so um, Liam actually only lives around the corner from me, so it's like two minutes drive and John is about 20 minutes away. Um, so yeah not too far like in Cork I know that seems far but here that's not too much to travel at all So when was the last time that you were home? Um, I was home last year for my wedding um, we like a lot of people were supposed to get married um, the year before but with Covid and everything we postponed it mm. um, so we came home in July 2022 right. a great turnout like we had 200 plus people at the wedding yeah. all our families get together you know haven't seen each other for the first time in a long time like a lot of people um, great celebration we were lucky to get that great uh, heat wave so we beautiful weather <laughs> <laughs> and hang on a second now Stephanie that heat that heat wave was 28 29 degrees what temperature is it in Perth today? It's currently 41 degrees in Perth today. Actually, um, from what I know, Perth has probably some of the best weather in Australia. Yes, yeah. We would have good weather, like re, like pretty pretty solid, decent weather for probably nine months of the year. Um, June, June, July and August would be, can be, like last June, July and August was quite wet. Um, but... A little bit here too, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, but you—that's the thing. You could get a day here and there, and like you know, whereas you—you'd still have some dry days that you had to get out and about. But yeah, nine months of the year, you would be able to kind of bank on for the good weather. 
Yeah. And that's lovely. And your job, that qualification that you got just before you went, you've got some yes. hell of a job out there now, haven't you? Yeah, I've been really lucky. Um, I, you know, had a couple of jobs in laboratories. You do six months on your on your working holiday visa and then you have to go and get another job because you can only work in one, one company for six months at a time. Mm. And then when we came back on the PR, I was lucky enough to get in with a company called Australian Laboratory Services. Mm-hmm. So I'm the manager for the Western region wow. um, for our quality assurance. And um, so we have a couple of laboratories uh, spread out all over West Australia and Adelaide. They've we've I've a I've lab in Adelaide as well that I um come in comes in under my bracket. So I just make sure that um our regulations are up to scratch and we've got certain standards and guidelines that we need to meet. Excellent. And, they call me the police woman. <laughs> they what? They call me the police woman. <laughs> <laughs> and what does Carl do? Uh, so Carl's in construction. Anything from building, to demolition. He's kind of a bit of jack of all trades and getting involved there. Yeah, My daughter's just gone out for a year um, to Melbourne, actually, on one of these working holiday visas. And she's a veterinary nurse and she's got herself a job in an emergency clinic and she's so excited. But one thing she has been looking up over the last few months as they planned all this was work-life balance. We keep hearing about it. And Australia has brought world work-life balance to an art form. Yes, definitely. And... But you can look at it two two ways. Like I, my partner in construction, he, I don't think he has his work life balance panned out yet. Mm. <laughs> but they will allow you to work as much as you want from a financial perspective. So it's been great for him being able to get as much overtime as he needed, especially when we were in the years of trying to buy our home. Yeah. Um. But then on the flip side. They're very flexible and I, I use my own company as an example, um, extremely flexible. Like I'm currently on maternity leave and I know I'm very comfortable with the idea of going back in there, having conversations of working from home, working part time and um, working like not necessarily the normal routine hours. Sure. So you're on Monday sure. nine to five um, and they'll, I can I can kind of sleep at night knowing that they will accommodate me as best they can. That's fantastic. And you're the biggest worry at home, Stephanie. Um, you're in contact, obviously, all the time with everybody. But the biggest worry here is housing, a place to live. Yeah. What's it like over there? Yeah. Uh, currently, we're going through a housing crisis now as well, both rental and um, building. I suppose for Perth, you know, the upside or the positive side from that is that Perth has a lot of scope for building, and you can see that that's happening. They're stretching it out. They're building you know, 20 minutes away from, from where I am now, where as 10 years ago, where I live, would have been classed as the sticks, as we say at home. Um, the rent the rental market at the minute is quite tough. Yeah. Um, And, and I think, you know, Perth, I suppose, in comparison to the rest of Australia, is quite reasonably priced uh, for houses and rental. And, and I think they're, they're seeing that now that there's an increase in that and cost of living as everything, you know, similar yeah. to home. I suppose it's a, it's a global thing, really, housing and home and, and the cost of living is, is a global thing. You mentioned at home. Much as you love it, Stephanie, it'll never be home, will it? Um, no, home is always home to me. Um, and yeah, part, part is, I suppose it's where I live. And it's where I will probably live for the foreseeable future unless anything changes. Like people always ask, you know, will I return back home to Cork? Um, I never say never. Um, but I'm currently very 
content with my life in Perth. I guess, as you know, you touched on my brothers are here. I do feel a bit lucky in that sense. I've got a great group of friends and my parents are toying with coming over maybe next year for a couple of months just to see how they get on and if they kind of take to it. We're toying with the idea well, of the getting take, to move The takeover could be continuing. Next thing, <laughs> next thing you know, you'll be opening your own branch of Donatello's. They tell me you miss it. Oh, <laughs> it's the first thing I get when I get off the plane every time I come home. Like, I absolutely love a chicken baguette. And uh, although things, you know, when you first come over, your daughter will be the same. You, you know, you'll miss like chocolate, you miss crisps. That all goes away. You kind of find your own localized brands, but Donatello's will never be replaced in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned her, and, you know, she doesn't get there until the end of February and she starts her, her job. And there are thousands of young people out there at the moment living their best life for want of a better expression. Absolutely. I, I have every daddy's fear that they won't come back. What would you say to me? Uh, my advice to you is if they stay longer than the year, is make it your business to get out there if you haven't been already. And then, you know, you'll forever miss her if she stays. Yeah. My parents don't miss us any less the longer we're out here. Yeah. Probably more and more. But I noticed a massive difference in my mum and dad's take on us being here, or mine particularly when they came out here the first time. They saw what we had. They saw the lifestyle we have. And I suppose, you know, I just had my own first child in September and already I know that I want the best for her and I would want anything less than that. Yeah. And so when you can see that for your own child, you change your views. But 100% you will be like, if this is what's better for her, then yeah. I can't imagine any, any father or mother what, not, oh God, not no, wanting I, I'm hoping her. I'm hoping she will come home, but <laughs> it would be not sensible of me not to brace myself for, for her not doing it. Stephanie, I wish you well. I wish your family well, both here and in Perth. And uh, cheers for talking to me. Thanks for speak, PJ, and have a lovely afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, the Stephanie O'Flaherty and her brothers taking over Perth in Western Australia and her parents even thinking of going out now for six months to see what they like to settle down. <laughs> Talk about a, an evacuation, but they love it over there. Clearly so many people do. Uh, 0818-96-96-96. On the weather, freezing fog and minus eight during the day here in Germany. That's chilly now, says James, who listens to us in Germany. Morning, James. And Frank says, ah, sure, it's nearly springtime in February. No, Frank. No, Frank, no. We'll have it again. We have this discussion every year. And science beats folklore every time. February is not spring. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96 FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 Now just as we were leaving here on Friday... A huge story dropped of the closure of yet another well-known city centre business. Uh, speak of Nash 19 uh, closing. Uh, and uh, Claire Nash caught up the weekend, the owner there, saying...
they just couldn't go on. She couldn't keep going. Then White Rabbit announced its closure on McCurtain Street. They still have a marina market outlet, but McCurtain Street gone. White Rabbit Bar and BBQ. They announced on Saturday. It comes on the back, of course, of Tung Singh, which we were talking about last week, and Pigal, which was on Barrick Street for, for five years, a fine place up there near Tom Bay. It is getting very, very serious when you see big names shutting their doors um, day after day. Stephen Vaughan of White Rabbit. I was, I was sorry to hear it, Stephen. Um, what, what brought you to this decision? Good morning. Morning, PJ. Um, I, look, I suppose it's the same as what we've been reading about the other restaurants that have closed there in recent weeks. The, the high costs associated with running them has just become too much, you know. Um, and it's kind of difficult to see a way out of it. So it's, it's for us anyway, it's time to, to go in a new direction with the premises of McCartan Street, you know. What has changed, say, in the last 12 months? Um, it's, it's the continued price increase. It's been going on a while, PJ, but it's the continued price increases. The way the VAT increase in 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 September, um, the price of of electricity is is gone through the roof. It's it's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And that on, on top of the cost, your your inputs, then your your food that you're putting into the the, the food that you're putting into what you're serving, price of alcohol, all the costs have gone up. Nothing has come down. Nothing has stayed the same. It's all gone up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only so much of it you can absorb. There's only so much of it you can pass on to the customer before you become too expensive. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, that's where we are. And that's a fine margin, isn't it? The margin between what people will pay because they know the cost of business has gone up to the point where they say, oh no, sad it, too far. Well, that's a very fine margin, it is very, it's, yeah, and people only, still only have the same money in their pocket, you know. So you see it, people who before would have come in and had a couple coming in and having a meal and having two drinks, they're coming in and having a meal and having one drink, which which um, it'd be good for us and it's not good for them and they're cutting back and they're still coming out. Like I, I, I said to someone else this morning, our footfall hasn't gone down. It's nothing to do with us being quieter than we were. Right, you know, we're right. as busy as we ever so were, if, yeah, if but, not busier. Yeah, I was, I was uh, in around town over Christmas and I could see... Like, you were really busy. You were doing really well. Yeah, January obviously is quiet always, but that's every year. That's not a new thing. But over Christmas, we were very busy. Right through last year, we were busy. Um, we're, we're serving more people every week every week than we, than we did in previous years. But it's the cost that go into to serving those people is what's changed. And that's where the problem is, you know. And there seems to be no end in sight to it. It's... It's distressing. It's worrying. You know, look, you've got the Maria Market. That's going well for you. There's, the f- footfall there is huge. I mean, the market has become it's a great. massive. The, the Marine is a great setup, and I suppose the difference is that um, it's not a full service restaurant like we have in McCartan yeah. Street. You know, yeah. we can open there with one or two staff, and we can kind of keep our overheads low. We can still provide a good product at a good price. Whereas when you open the full service restaurant that like we have in McCartan Street. You're opening with four, five, six staff every day, even on a quiet day, you know, because you have to have your servers and your bartender and your kitchen staff and your kitchen porters. So the cost associated with running that is just it's a different scale, you know. So and that's why that that, that we need to change that that offering there and, and we can keep going in the other venues, you know. It must For be now, anyway, if things keep going the way they're going, though, yeah. <laughs> the other, uh, other smaller businesses are going to have the same problems there, if, if something isn't done, you know. There's a thing I see Pat McDonough, the gaffer at Supermax, who I hope to speak to later. He said one in ten small to medium sized restaurants could be closing the doors this year. That's that's dark. I believe it, PJ, and maybe more, and maybe more, you know. There's, um, like I said, nothing is coming down, it's all still going up. There's talk of electricity coming down, but we don't see it on, on our bills at the moment, and it might be another while before we do see it in our bills. Um, 
the VAT increase. There's not like anybody who'd listen to anyone in the re- the restaurant industry last September. The, 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 if you're going to go back and check the newspaper articles, if you put back up the price of the, the cost of VAT to businesses, people are going to go to business, and we're seeing the fruits of that now. But nobody listened at the time, you know. Yeah. Um, and if they, I heard this morning that they, it, on one of the radio channel, radio stations there in the news that it hasn't been discussed at government level yet. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, and 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 then there's all these warehouse taxes that are to be called in in May. That that's going to hurt people more. Yeah, 100%. So we've, we've, we've kind of, we only had a small little bit of it, but we've, we've kind of dealt with revenue on it. But again, it's another cost that has to be dealt with that we weren't dealing with six months ago. Um, it is old, and of course, it has to be paid back. But yeah, just it's coming at the same time In simple terms, yeah. I suppose, for people who don't understand what this is about, this is tax that you were sort of waived, if you like, during the COVID years, but it still exactly. has to be so, paid. It still has to be paid. And we were aware it had to be paid and we know it has to be paid. Um, it kind of not having to pay it at the time meant that we could keep the doors open and they were they were dark times a couple of years ago yeah, where yeah. everything was closed and you were only able to open at a certain level and have, have a certain amount of people. And so they said, look, we understand you're in trouble. Don't pay us this 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 uh, this VAT at the moment. Leave it there, and we come back to it in a couple of years' time when things are better. Unfortunately, it's a couple of years later and things aren't better, but they're still looking for their money back, you know. And rightly so, it's old, but by the same token, the timing isn't great, you know. The timing isn't um, great. Do you, do you think the authorities either don't get it or don't care, Stephen? They haven't been listening, and I suppose when when. They kind of turn a blind eye or a deaf ear in September when we were talking about the VAT and people were going, this is going to close restaurants and they kind of pushed it aside as maybe a bit of bluster from the industry, you know. Yeah. Maybe they'll take a bit of notice now, but I think it's it's taking some high-profile closures to maybe get them to look, if they do take a look. Um, and it might have been better if they listened to us three months ago or four months ago and we wouldn't be in this position, you know. And that's that. That's pretty stark, Stephen. Thank you. I wish you well with the the continued operation at at Marina Market. But uh, sorry to see White Rabbit gone from McCurtain Street. Thank you, Stephen Vaughan. Best of luck to you and your your staff, the ones you've left. Um, also, sorry, so sorry to see Nash Nineteen go, and we were sorry to see Tung Sing go and Pigal. And there will be more. There will be more. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I say there will be more. Nobody wants there to be more. We just know it. Bernie was on. She said, it was nice to hear PJ asking, are we overdoing it with weather warnings? Not only are we adding to anxiety for some people, we're discouraging some people from going out, which is good for everyone to get out and about. It's the seasons. Some years are better than others, but it's nothing exceptional. I think Alan O'Reilly, to be fair, Bernie from Carla Weather, who knows far more about weather than I do and ever will do, agrees with me. He said, we're getting a bit too trigger happy with the warnings now and this is a cold week in January there's hardly been a January in living memory that didn't have a cold week in it we weren't, we didn't have to get warned about it thank you Bernie 0818 96 96 96 yes it's a, it's an ice warning a cold, a frost and ice warning for Cork, there's no snow involved here thank you for that Aidan but at the same time the principle of the thing should should we be getting warnings for a bit of normal cold, fresh weather in January? Listen to Cork's 96FM on your smart speaker. Say. Simply say, play Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Oh, hello. 
Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion mine with PJ Coogan. Punch 96FM. Just listening to the guy that represents the association and the AGSI and all that in the news there talking about guards can now be older recruiting to the guard. You can now recruit the guard until you're 50. Just wonder what the pension situation would be there. And I'm not being mischievous at all. One of the few good perks of being a guard and any serving guard or former guard will possibly agree with me here. One of the few perks of being a guard is that there's a half-decent pension attached to it and that even if you pass away young, your spouse holds on to, I think, 50% of that pension as well. You'd wonder if you go into the guards at the age of 50, what your pension entitlements would be. Just just a, just a question, just throwing it out there. And speaking also of guards and the AGSA, I see they weren't, they weren't at all happy with City Councillor Lorna Bogue uh, over a tweet or a post, I still call them tweets, that she put up at the weekend where she put up a photograph of a guard standing outside a McDonald's. Now, one could clearly identify the guard from the photograph and she implied that he was there providing private security. It turns out afterwards that that guard was standing there to monitor a protest. He was just doing his job. He wasn't providing private security for anybody. So much to the point now where X, formerly Twitter, I prefer to call it Twix, have now put up a context warning on her original tweet. And her original post is still there now. Uh, talk, uh, talking about the guards providing private security for, for capitalist interests, which clearly was not the case. If Councillor Bogue is listening and would like to tell me why she did it, and now that we know she was wrong, she was obviously wrong, why she hasn't yet taken the post down... I'd love to hear from her, Lorna. You know, you always get a you always get a good hearing on this show. I'd be interested to know why the post is still there. Anyway. 0818-96-96-96. Coming back to restaurants and the restaurant trade and business. We got this call just before 10. To remind us, lads, you're talking about restaurant closures, but please also spare a thought for small suppliers who supply these places with food the bread company, the window cleaner all kinds of service providers they're all impacted suppliers are losing customers and that leaves a huge hole in their businesses as well and it's true if you're a supplier to a restaurant and the restaurant goes down well your contract is gone and that source of income is gone from your business and thank you for that because you reminded us of it and sometimes it's good to remind us about these things I said before 10 that Pat McDonough, the founder of Supermax, has been warning that he sees up to one in ten restaurants closing in the coming months because businesses cannot sustain costs. And what I was very pleased to see, Pat, is that you're not blaming the minimum wage. In fact, it's the last thing on your mind. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, the, the minimum wage is a, is, is a necessity. Because, you know, the, the, the increase in the cost of living and in rental, etc., 
staff have to to have an increase, and I have no issue whatsoever with that. But it's a combination of the other factors, I suppose, that is <clears throat> affecting, especially the hospitality and pub industry as well, um, and I suppose tourist tourist businesses as a whole. Um, because the VAT was reintroduced there uh, in September, yeah. so that was an extra four and a half percent, which, after after a few years, became part of the the, the 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 kind of turnover figure. You didn't think of it, I suppose, as as a as a as a cost, but it's that's been introduced. Then obviously the minimum wage, which that, that itself is twelve and a half percent, but then you add PRSI increase onto that, it's fifteen percent, um, and then. Increase in interest rates and insurance increases, rates increases, water rates, food costs, etc. It's all adding up to about fifteen percent, <clears throat> and um, you know that's a, a lot for any business to sustain. Mm-hmm. So that combined with staff shortages and all that, um, you know, I've had a, quite a few calls over the last couple of weeks, especially uh, trying to uh, either sell their business or see what they can do in in, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it's a tough. It's a. It's a. And then, of course, you know, those pension contributions going to come into play in another. I think it's three months' time or six months' time or whatever, mm-hmm. which all adds up, adds up. So, um, and and as I say, it's it's a combination of all these factors mm-hmm. and a tightening of the belt in spend because obviously, um, you know, if, if food price increases and rents increase and and mortgages increase, the customer the spend. Uh, the customer that has uh, has gone down. Mm. So um, all that kind of contributes to the situation. Mm. And the places that are going under, Pat, they're, they're not Johnny Come Lately's that are here six months or twelve months or two years. They're they're established businesses that have been here for decades. I'm thinking in particular of two here in Cork, Nash Nineteen and Tung Sing. Yeah, well, you see, it's 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 affected all ty- all businesses and. Um, whether they're in existence for six months, a year, or 10 years, or 20 years. Um, it's affecting all business. And it's a combination of those things combined that that is co- contributing to, to the demise of business. Mm. Uh, because, you know, you have to have uh, a, a kind of a, a decent, uh, how should I put it, um, stack there to, to, to take from to, to yeah. overcome this. And to to uh, get through it, so it is difficult for anyone that that's um, running in a tight show or have fairly high uh, loans, etc., for the business. It's it, it's, uh, it's it, extremely difficult. It must be hugely frustrating for someone like yourself, forty odd years in business, knowing how to run a business. That our minister for finance, Corkman, very popular Corkman, is himself uh, an analytic accountant and would know all the ins and outs of costs and running and yet businesses are going under under his watch and they're saying we told you so and nothing's happening well look i'm not pointing the finger at anyone to blame uh but it is a combination of factors and it is something that you know i think hasn't been taken into into account in 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 in, you know adding on all these these extra costs some of them are within the power of the government Others are outside it. Um, you take, for example, you know, uh, say for example, Charleville Park Hotel. Yeah. The the rates on that is three thousand a week, one hundred fifty six thousand a year. The insurance is two thousand a week, and then you have other contributions uh, like water costs, etc. So it's a situation there, and uh, that 
you know, there's so much increased cost in, into a business like that. Um, and lucky enough, we're able to sustain it. But um, in some cases, I think businesses feel a bit abandoned um, and, and left out on their own. And uh, as you said earlier, it's not just the, the, the hospitality business itself. It's a retail business. It's a pub business. It's, it's, it's everything combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there, there is a feeling out there on the ground that businesses have been kind of left abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the, the the increase in costs, sort of let it let it rip and and see who survives. Yeah, yeah. and then of course you have the energy cost on top of all that that has doubled. We were paying whatever fourteen point nine cents back in two thousand and nineteen per per unit. Mm-hmm. It's now gone to approximately thirty cents. So that's double the cost as well. So that's. All these things combined, as I say, is never one thing on its own that affects a business. Yeah. It's always You're, a combination of things coming together. You say, and you're correct, of course, that there are things that are outside the remit of government to do anything about, and we'd accept that. But that which is within their remit, do you think they're doing enough? I don't think this was well thought out somehow by by the powers that be. I think, um, you know, uh, maybe, and I'm not going to... Uh, really elaborate on it too much. It might be a vote catching exercise. Um, that's that's um, with the upcoming elections that the feel that this this. But you can't p- impose costs on business that they're not able to sustain. And you know it's not just as I say. Uh, it's 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 when you see I, and that's why I say there's ten percent. It's not just one or two businesses that sometimes things happen or whatever and they go wrong. But um, it's right across the board, and uh, you know there, there's issues out there that that um, uh, can be addressed and should be addressed by the government. Give me, give me and two off the top of your head. Pat. Well, I think you know, for, for example, the vet uh, reintroduction that was based on really Dublin hotels who are able to charge astronomical. Uh, um, fees for 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 staying overnight, um, but uh, that didn't apply to the rest of the country. The rest of the country was uh, competing very heavily for 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 the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that certainly was 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 one thing. I think you know um, they have to look at PRSI. That's within their their remit. Um, that that they can decide. Not alone is just extra PRSI on the on the wages increase, but it's also they're increasing it to cover pensions down the line, etc. So that's that's another cost that's within their um, remit to do something about. Um, but as I say, it's, I'm not here to bash government or to bash anyone in particular. This is a, a national situation that there would be a lot of uh, businesses closed and unemployment if 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 uh, if which I think they will. Some businesses will certainly have to close because the cost will outweigh the turnover. And when that happens, you know, it's only a matter of time. All right. Pat, thank you very much. Pat McDonough, the gaffer at Supermax. And of course, the Charleville Park Hotel. Bleak predictions for 2024. One in 10 restaurants, small to medium sized restaurants and other associated businesses could be hitting the wall. Uh, between now and the end of 2024. And as he said, there are certain things that are outside of the government's control. But that issue, with, which is within their control, they don't seem to want to control it. That, that's my interpretation of what he's saying. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Anthony asks us to remember Dolores O'Riordan 
on her anniversary today. Six years gone. Never forget her. She'll always live on and she'll always be the Queen of Limerick. She'll always be the Queen of Irish Rock. Anthony, with that extraordinary voice. Let's see if we can't slide an old Cranberries tune in before quitting time today. It'd be good if we could. Thanks, Anthony. 0818-969696. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. I want to send you on a trip to Bordeaux. Get yourself on that plane from 12 today here on Cork's 96FM. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. There's some views coming in on weather warnings and the state of the weather for the next few days. Richie says he thinks weather warnings are essential we have the technology and it's great that we have it which is fair point Richie but just the this is a normal the point I was making is this is a normal cold week in January should there really be any need for a, a warning but look it is what it is and respect your view 0818 96 96 96 back to the closures and over the weekend we had Nash 19 and, and White Rabbit. We did, we did, um, seek to contact Claire Nash to see would she talk about the closure, but, um, she hasn't been forthcoming, which is fine. That's her, that's her right. But I would love to speak to Claire and we've had some good conversations over the years. So Claire, the invitation stands. If you'd love to, if you'd like to chat with us about, you know, why you had to come to this, what must have been a heartbreaking and difficult decision for you. Kevin Hurley is the president of Cork Business Association. Are we looking at a very bleak 2024, Kevin? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Good morning. Um, Thanks for having me on and good morning to to all your listeners. First of all, I just want to say on behalf of the Cork Business Association, we're absolutely saddened to hear of the closure of Nash 19. Um, Claire has been a driving force in the, in business in the city and indeed in the Cork Business Association. She's a former president mm-hmm. and her business will be sorely missed on, on Princess Street. Um, and personally, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted for her. Um, look, it's not all bad, um, but there is certainly going to be a need for policy change by government. They are looking after the big guys. They're looking after the um, the large enterprises. They're taking in a bucket load of cash uh, in corporation tax, which has now gone to 15% um, from, from these businesses. And they need to wake up now and stand up and look after the small to medium-sized enterprises like they did during the pandemic. They were fantastic to uh, the likes of us during the pandemic, and they need to do the same now. Um, we're talking about a change in policy. I'm talking about a change in VAT rate. I'm talking about the um, the minimum wage going to twelve seventy. The you know is that is that not, a problem for you, Kevin? Huge PJ. It's massive. I three hundred people working for me, myself and my brother Brian. Um, and if you take three hundred people, forty hours a week, one one uh, euro forty per person per hour. Uh, just do the maths. It's it's massive, and you know there's only so much as your previous caller there. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. The guy that owns White Rabbit. Uh, oh no! Oh yes, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, apologies. No, Stephen. 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 Yeah. Stephen. I was listening to Stephen a while ago, and you know there's only so much you can pass on to the consumer before they actually go. Hang on a second. You know, I'm I'm not paying uh, this amount for a bottle of Coca-Cola or a chicken roll or, or whatever it is. Um, so what we're asking is that, that the government now need to have a look at, first of all, the debt warehousing deadline, which is the 1st of May. 
and that needs to be pushed out until this uh, uh, this whole uh, tidal wave abates. They need to look at the minimum wage, the, the potential increase next year. Um, they can't really do anything about inflation, and I totally respect that, that they can't. However... Um, the you know the interest rate rises that are happening as well. They can't do anything on that, but they've got to look and now try to help the small to medium sized enterprises. And to be honest, like Pat McDonough, they're saying fifteen percent increase. He's completely off the wall because it's twenty five to thirty percent increase wow. that's happened to most businesses. Yeah, it's it's very very high. He though isn't yeah. focusing on the minimum wage. He says it's other things. Well, I suppose that's his predicament. I, I know Pat of old. I, I went to college in Galway. I went home from GMIT. Um, you know, that, that's his predicament. But what I would say is, if you look at the insolvencies in hospitality, just to put it in perspective, in 2021, there was 379 insolvencies. Mm-hmm. In 2022, there was 545. In 2023, there was 717. And what it's looking at now... In 2024, it could be up to between 11 and 1,200 yeah. insolvencies. I saw that survey last week. Was it Ernst and Young did it or someone like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. it's frightening. Yeah. It and, you've got, like, and you've got you've got people then like Ian Allen, who is the managing director of Musgraves Supervalue Centra, yeah. um, who's a friend of mine, has come out uh, publicly and said that the government are now being reckless in what they're doing to the small to medium-sized enterprises. And I would agree with Ian. They seem to be, and I I don't know whether it is a a policy, so to speak, they seem to be just letting it rip and see who comes out the other side. That would be my opinion as a layman. I agree, PJ. And, you know, like, look, you're you're a broadcaster. You don't have your own business. But for me... Um, having my own business and looking at the costs every single week just going through the roof is nuts. But you know what? It's it's not all bad. It's not all bad because there is, the, the, as the fella says, the country is awash with money. There's plenty of money there. I'm actually, money opening there yeah. new, I'm actually opening a new store on North Main Street in, in the end of February. Myself and Brian are opening a, a new centre down in the St. Coleman's Court. I was going to ask you about that. That's exciting news for that part of North Main Street. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. So look, we're, we have confidence in the city. We have confidence that, um, you know, this, as I call it, this tidal wave will, 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 will pass. But I really, really think that the government need to just stand up now and say, whoa, hang on a second. We're, you know, you've got all the, the Pfizer's and the Dell's and all the, the Apple's and the Facebook's and all these guys who are, you know, they're obviously contributing massive amount of money to the the country. But what about the Claire Nash of this world? What about the Kevin Hurley of this world? What about the, you know, the guy who's got the cafe on the corner who's just barely making ends meet? They've got to stand up now and they've got to look. And what I would say is, reiterating Adrian Cummins' comments at the weekend, they've got to reverse the VAT rate straight away, oh. back from 13, back to 9. That would be the first That would be the first thing to do. Will that lower, for example, will that lower prices over your counter, Kevin? Uh, I don't think it'll lower prices, PJ. No, I think that people will probably maintain their prices um, at existing rates and not up them. Yeah. Um, food costs have gone through the roof. I mean, yeah. the price of chicken has doubled. The price of oil has gone through the roof it's you know it, it, if 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 they just did that 
initially, I think that would be a great thing. Okay. And the warehousing, the, the, the debt that's warehoused. Now, I heard a crazy idea at the weekend. Crazy, but so it makes sense in somebody's head. I don't know how much is warehoused. Is it a couple of billion? Um, and, 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 I'm not, I'm not right. 100% sure. Well, let's, let's say it's two billion. But the, 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 the suggestion was, well, look, we're in a surplus at the moment and we, we see some, that Mike Lugar has plenty of money to spend. Would he write it off in a once-off? That's not going to happen, but that's what people are thinking. No, no, I, I don't think and that that would never be the policy of, of the of the present government to write off stuff. And and you know what, I I wouldn't be in agreement with, with writing it off. Like I, one of my businesses, um, we we pay just half our rent for the, for the period of the pandemic when we were back seventy eighty percent, and we're now paying that back. I firmly believe in paying all your debts, okay. but I think that. You know, if a friend of mine has a hospitality business, he's got two hundred thousand in warehouse debt. He's going to have to pay on the first of May, and he is one that's saying, "Whoa, hang on a second, uh, let's push this out further." And it's not like the government need the money; <laughs> they don't that's need it. You know, that's the truth. That's the, that's going. Yeah. I read a piece in the Irish Times last week about that warehouse debt, and it was so stark. If you like a particular place to go and eat. Go and eat now, because it mightn't be there after me. I know, and it's very sad, PJ, for that. You know, it is. It is very sad that um, a lot of guys are going to go under this year, and I'm, I'm, I'm I, like particularly for Claire, I'm heartbroken, um, and for other business. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Says, you know, Stephen in White Rabbit, etc. You know, it is very, very tough. So, look, if there's anything comes out of this conversation today, and I was on Anton Savage at the weekend, I've been on another few radio shows, like Michael McGrath um, and Michal Martin and Leo Vradkar, they need to stand up now and they need to make decisions really quickly to try and save the small to medium sized enterprises in Ireland. Okay. Kevin, thank you, Kevin Hurley. Uh, current president of the Cork Business Association, rightly pointing out, and I forgot to mention it earlier, that uh, Claire Nash is a former president of the Business Association. And any time I've ever spoken to Claire over the years, 
oozed positivity about Cork business, city centre business in particular, and always was pushing back in us and tell us, be more positive, accentuate the positive, talk about what's good, and there's lots that is. But at the moment, things are looking very, very bleak. 0818 96 96 96 on the subject of that. For all other small businesses outside hospitality, 23%, not 13.5. Some SMEs would love that. But this adds nearly a quarter onto your asking price for anything. And that's the main thing. can make a difference between a customer biting or not biting. Some imaginative thinking is needed on that. Not this one-size-fits-all businesses. Yeah, can you imagine that? The, the, the hospitality sector is concerned and suffering over 13.5%. But you've got a lot of businesses on, what, 23? Which is like, is that nearly a quarter? 0818969696. Catherine is listening to me talking about the weather, January weather. Does he remember? I, no, I wasn't around Catherine in January of 1963. I wasn't, so I, I swear I wasn't. Uh, they had a very hard cold spell back then. Lasted for weeks. The lock was frozen. I remember people skating on it. Remember that happening a few years ago as well, Catherine? Thanks. 0818969696. Listen to Cork's 96 FM while you work. While you work. Wherever you go. Click listen live at 96fm.ie. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, I'll come back to things like the cost of living, the cost of doing business. Looking, listening back over the weekend to Paul Trevor from last May where he predicted all of this and he wasn't the only one but everybody who did predict this were called told you're mad you're crazy, you're wrong you know you're a conspiracy theory no, no, it's happening around us uh, every day now and every day there's another announcement and it's getting very worrying we'll come back to it 0818 96 96 it is that time of year again the time when people are sitting down to fill out CAO forms. And the deadline is looming. And people will have to get their CAOs in. God knows if I had to sit down today and fill out a CAO form for myself, I'm not too sure I'd know where to even start. Dr. Kira Fitzgerald is co-director of the Business Information Systems degree at UCC and joins me to talk about it and maybe about filling out your CEO form in general. Kira, I think back to it now, I hadn't a clue what I was doing then. I wonder how many people have a clue what they're doing now. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well. Um, good. Uh, yes, I would I would think that you are, you are spot on in the sense of there are a lot of leaving their students out there who are still not sure of, of what path they would like to take. Um, I heard a figure last year, I think there was almost 8,000 who filled out blank CAOs for the first time just to kind of get it on the system. And then they took a little bit more time to, to have a think about what they would like to do. Um, and I, I, well, I'm on here today to, to have a, to, to chat to the, the students to say, to think about it, maybe think about the subjects that you like to study and then also maybe a little bit of future proofing. So what type of career you would like in four years six years, eight years' time. Mm. Do we ask a lot of 17-year-olds, Kira, with that question? Yes, we absolutely do. Um, but I think I think we maybe don't underestimate them also. They, they know what they like. They know what they enjoy doing. And I think you can look at it from a almost what type of 
of person you are in the sense of I think I look at BIS students and they tend to be problem solvers. So if you like solving problems, if you like working with people, um, I think a degree like like something like BIS in the Cork University Business School, where you, it's very broad. So you might necessarily have an exact idea of what type of role you'd like to do, mm-hmm. but you kind of like to say, well, I like to do lots of different things. I like to um, work on a little bit of technology. I like working with people. I like, um, you know, so you're trying to, to, to kind of ignite that kind of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Lots of people back when I was going to college, and that's not yesterday, but lots of people who weren't yeah. too sure about what they wanted to do went and did an arts degree as a kind of a foundation course for anything else you might want to do, and it worked out for them. Is BIS a bit like that, that you can do it and you can take that degree into pretty much any line of work that you want? Absolutely. I think if if you think about companies now, all companies in some sense are a form of technology company. We're all using technology in our daily lives. And BIS equips you with the skill sets to know how you might use that technology, be it for good and bad. So in the senses of what are the new technologies coming? What are the trends? Um, what should we do with technology just because technology can do something? Should it, should it be allowed to do it? So that type of idea that it's very, very broad. So if you don't know exactly the type of career you might like, it's, it gives you a huge foundation in terms of, um, allowing you to be at the forefront and future proofing your, your career. So for example, um, we have a six-month placement as well. I think that's critical and maybe you're something to consider when thinking of your degree as well because a placement is cool because it allows you to try out your skills and you know you come back I think with our third years and they go into a variety of different um, industries so from pharmaceuticals to supply chain to digital health to mm-hmm. agri-tech to education. There's a huge range of, of industries that they do their placement in and they come back and they do come back, PJ, with a little bit of a strut because, then you know, the, the shoulders back because they've, they've been out into the real world and they've got to mm-hmm. see all the opportunities that are there um, for the skill set that BIS has. Um, of course, the 17-year-olds around us today and maybe early, you know, young 17, maybe early 18, early in their 18th year, yeah. They're digital natives. They're born with devices in their hand, practically. Yes. So this is their sphere. This is their area. Yes. And they, they're not afraid of it in the sense of maybe what technology can do. But what I would say maybe sometimes because technology might necessarily be taught in some of the schools. So they might, they're used, if they've grown up with it, it's, it's stuck glued to all of our hands, glued to their hands, but maybe they mightn't be aware of the potential of it. or know exactly how they can use it to help people or to start their own company or go across industries and understanding, well, what can we do here? How can I make your life better and understanding and using technology for the better? Um, So you'd be surprised when they come into us in first year, we still we have a a range of programs where we teach everything from scratch. So even though they're familiar with apps and they're familiar with websites, we do teach from the beginning that nobody has developed anything before, um, even though they use them a lot, but understanding then and say, well, how, if I were to build something, what do I need to consider? Um, yeah. And then again, it, be it the technology subjects, but also the business subjects as well. So the likes of the accounting, economics, etc. everything is taught from the beginning. And we run small tutorial groups where, again, they get to practice what they, so you're in the big lecture halls, whereby you, you learn the theory about it, and then you're inside in the tutorials. 
And we do a lot of group work. So the first years are working together in order to solve problems as well. So you get to know your class really well. And they ultimately are your network. So when you graduate in four years time and you're looking for jobs and you are maybe in a job and you might look to move to another job, you tap into that BIS Mm -hmm. network as well. Okay. Now, in terms of the CAO, we have two key dates, the 20th of January and the 1st of February. Yes. So tell me about Um, those. Yes. Yes, so I would I would strongly encourage um, all Leaving Cert students to to work with their career guidance teachers and to ensure that they they have those dates very clear in terms of getting the 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 initial forms in. Um, and I would I suppose that my advice as well would be to to pick a course that you are you've done your better research. Maybe you've talked to. Um, students who are doing the course, you would maybe come into open days like we have here in UCC um, and you're picking the course that you want based on the subjects that you're going to do over the next four years and maybe the careers that you're going to have rather than being overly influenced by points. You know, so sometimes I'm, I'm a BIS graduate myself and I would have been guilty of that, I suppose, that you say, well, I might be able to aim for this. I shouldn't pick maybe a point with a course with lower points because that might be seen as a waste of points. Whereas I think that mindset is a little bit, um, I would steer against that. I would look yeah. at the course itself and, and, yeah. and, and aim to so put down the first thing that you want to study that you'd be 100% happy that if you got that course, irrespective of the points. Just briefly to, to finish on the subject of points, surely the system is long since past its sell-by, this idea of amassing points. That's, a, that's an interesting one, PJ. I think if people, I think it depends on how you interpret the system. I think there is a supply and demand, mm. so there there needs to be a, a system in order to ensure that the um, the capacities are met yeah. within the constraints of the university and the uh, technological university systems. Um, so, however, if you if if you look if you still pick your course based on what you are hoping to study, mm-hmm. I think it works out. So we say, for example, BIS last year was 434, mm-hmm. but the range was up to 625. So we had, you know, a range of points within our course and we have 150 places. Um, so again, if, if you if you follow the, the, the guidance whereby you put down the course that you want irrespective of the points, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. I think that's a good advice to follow. Okay. And as someone else said to me, uh, Kira, um, it is maybe a bit past its sell-by, but it's the system that we have and we kind of have to work with it, which is also a very fair point. Dr. Kira Fitzgerald, co-director of the BIS degree at UCC, her graduate herself. Thank you for that. Uh, 20th of February and 1st, sorry, 20th of January and 1st of February, key dates in applying for your CAO. But she's recommended there was a time when I was going to college, and indeed after I went to college, if you didn't know what you wanted, you plumped for arts, and you did an arts degree, and it took it out into the workplace. And for lots of people, that worked out just fine. Nowadays, Kira's suggesting maybe BIS, and I'm using my words, not hers, maybe BIS is the arts degree of, 2020, of, 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 of today. Maybe, just maybe. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Bolly Barber was on, thank God, to hear a big business person like Pat talking about that killing businesses. He's not the only one, uh, Mick. Uh, the, the, the VAT rate going up to 13 point odd percent 
the sectors said last summer that if the bat went, went back up, doors would close and shutters would come down. They were right, but nobody listened. Nobody listened. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, back to the weather. Uh, PJ, could you remind early morning drivers of the necessity to clear the whole window of the car, not just a little patch in front of the driver? Several car. Excuse me. <gasps> oh, I beg your pardon. I just sneezed. That hasn't happened to me on air in a long time. Several cars this morning. Only a small patch cleared for the driver to see directly out in front of them. It takes just a few seconds to put some tepid water on all the windows and don't forget the lights. Safety for all. Thanks and best wishes from Michael. There's a little trick that I do over the next few nights uh, with my car so that I can get out in the morning. I take a towel, okay, take a dry towel, a decent sized towel, and lay it over the windscreen and then put the wipers down to hold it in place. And when you come out in the morning, you will actually find that the windscreen... While it might be frozen, there won't be thick ice on it. So that's worth trying. If you have an old towel from the bathroom, just lay it over the windscreen of the car, put the wipers down on top of it to hold it in place, and let Jack Frost do his business. And then in the morning, all you have to do, as Michael says, is clear the side windows and the mirrors. I cleared my window this morning. I'd forgotten to do the towel last night, but I'll be doing it for the next few, few nights. And I cleared my window this morning, and before I had gone back into the house to come back out, I put the kettle back in, and come back, the damn thing had started freezing again. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Graham Norton's new show, Last One Laughing Ireland, drops on Prime this coming Friday. This has been coming for a while. The idea of this is you get load of comedies, com- comedians together to make one another laugh but if I'm trying to make you laugh I can't laugh myself if I laugh myself, I'm out of the game it all sounds like fun Graham Norton is the gaffer in charge overseeing the whole thing I'll talk to Crossy in just a sec about the show, but Crossy caught up with Graham Norton himself in advance of it dropping on Prime. Graham, what a gig to get. This no, what a nice job. It was the easiest job in the world. Because I am literally just watching television for six hours. So, uh, DOS, really. And the fact that you're a big giggler as well, like, would you have lasted as long as some of them in there? No, but also, I'm not competitive, so I wouldn't even try to. I don't. <laughs> because it's quite hard. Like, what they do is... Like, I got an easy job. They've got a really hard job. I think by the end of the day, the ones that are still in there, they must have lost their minds. Uh, because to be on, to be performing for that many hours, I mean, that's not natural. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they watch the first episode, a lot of lads will, and even like me, I never knew so much about a woman's before. Catherine Bohart <laughs> has educated me a lot. Did you feel like that as well when you were watching it? it, well, it she does go quite deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you watch it, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she really does. Who out of the comedians, like months after recording it, do you still remember going, Jesus, they're gas? Um, everyone gets their moments. I genuinely think, like, when you watch the whole series, everyone gets their moment to shine. But uh, there's a particular highlight in episode three with Tony Cantwell that really, really made me laugh a lot. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Is this mad being on the opposite end? It's weird. It is, it is weird. But then I don't. I, 
I, I have done this. I have been yeah. on these things. But uh, yeah, it's all. I always feel a bit like surely there's something more interesting behind me <laughs> coming up the carpet. <laughs> uh, I need to ask you about Ireland itself. Like the amount of stars coming out of Ireland is just fantastic. Not like, the Andrew moment. Scott and Paul Mescal. Like it's their moment at the minute. And Barry. Now see, I always, Barry. Now I always said Barry Kuhn, thinking I'm from Ireland. I know how to say that. But is it Kogan? Kogan. And I asked today his agent today. It's officially Kogan. When did that happen? Uh, is that not a posh way of saying it? Is it? Is that, I, I didn't know that was a pronunciation for Kion. Yeah, yeah. You I, I was Kion, a, always you? a Kion. Okay, thank God. I thought I was going mad. Yeah. I thought I'd been away so long. <laughs> I've, I've, I've forgotten how to say Kion. Okay, Kogan. There you go. Did you watch Solburn? Oh, I did, yes. How amazing is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very good. My eyes are open. <laughs> anyway, best of luck with this. It is oh, absolutely brilliant. Much. Thanks for coming down. Amazing. Cheers, uh, Graham Norton and Crossy. Crossy, the other idea is I've got to make you laugh, but if I laugh while I'm making you laugh, I'm off the show. Is that it? Do you know what? That 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 is the bones of it. It's it's done its rounds around the world. Like there's been loads of other presenters doing like a New Zealand one, Korean one, American one. This is the Irish one that's gonna go everywhere. So yeah, there's ten of them in a room, all right? And all you're gonna think of, maybe this is the Irishness in us. A massive budget. Like the setup is like a big brother house from I'd say fifteen years ago. It's pumping money into it, pumping money, and they're all not allowed to laugh. Not one of them. Now they get yellow cards if they sort of snigger, but if they out and out laugh, they're gone. And they whittle them down, they try their best. So like Jason Byrne will try to make them all laugh. Catherine Bohart does this thing where you'll mention in the clip, you'll see it this Friday. She talks about a woman and it's very, very funny. I was a not laughing at it. I don't know how they weren't laughing. And you're also, if for anyone who's like born in the 80s and 90s, the den gets back together trying to make them laugh. <laughs> so, last one laughing. So the idea is, well, is it you're not to laugh or, or what's the story? Not allowed to laugh. You're not allowed to snigger. You're not allowed to smile. So basically, the job of a comedian is, and I was talking to Jason Byrne about it, and he was like, his job is, you know, he'd go, oh, I've got this funny joke for you. I need to tell you. He said, you can't do that. You're not even allowed to do that. You're not allowed to laugh yourself to build up for a laugh that everyone else is going to get. Um, there's like one or two parts of it that are a bit silly, but majority of it, it's Irish acts. They're all doing funny things, but they all have a straight face while they're doing the funny things. So it's it's a bit mad, but it is proper. You know, this is big budget. This is like, this is new money. This isn't, you know, uh, on like RTE or Virgin. This is, we're up with the big boys now when you're watching it. Even if you look at the promo, you'll see you're going, Jesus, there's loads of money in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not for the smallies, I suggest, Crossy. You wouldn't be watching this with the kids. Absolutely not. Well, look, if you want a bit of education on language, I would say watch it. But um, <laughs> Dave McSavage is also involved in it. And when he walks out, I go, oh, Lord, I don't know if you saw him and Tommy Tiernan at the weekend. He uses anything as a comma. Oh God, that word is that word is just in his vocabulary. Uh, Deirdre O'Kane's in it. Ashleen B. Uh, now I've only seen a couple of episodes, and I think the dark horse in this whole thing is Amy Huberman. She's a very really? very funny girl. Really? Oh, Amy is hilarious. Amy's the type of person you go for a glass of wine with, and you come back with a sore stomach from laughing. Really? She is I would so have said Deirdre funny. Deirdre O'Kane would be the funniest woman in Ireland. I would have always said. Deirdre says that she found it very tough. Because she says, she said she's always laughing, always smiling. And she says her one deadpan one-liners, yeah. she had to give it a, you know, a bit more of an oomph to it because they couldn't laugh. So a lot of egos are going to be damaged without the laughing. But it's brilliant. It's Does it drop absolutely. week by week or all in one go? 
all in one go, prime this Friday. Graham Norton, you're going to see him like never before, and him mentioning Irish comedians' names. You're going, go on, Graham. Uh, he's such a nice guy. He's such a he nice guy. He's a lovely fella, actually. I've met him for a few years now, but he is a lovely guy. Um, Crossy, ah, God. we look forward to it. We look forward to it. It sounds like a barrel of laughs. Uh, in a January time when we need a few. Thanks for that. That's cross. We'll have some comedians from the show during the week, some clips from them. Graham Norton, starting Friday on Amazon, uh, launching on Prime. Last one laughing, Ireland. I have a feeling this will be a good one. Listen to your favourite shows on the go. Download the Cork's 96FM app. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Glorious, crisp, sunny. Winter's morning out there now. Absolutely lovely day. And a few more of them to come. Yes, it's cold. And then it'll break in an undignified and horrible fashion in the early hours of Saturday morning. If you want to listen back to Alan O'Reilly from earlier on, uh, he, he gave us a clear pattern of how it's going to go. By next weekend, you'll wonder what this was all about and you'll think, God, that wasn't actually so cold on Monday or Tuesday, was it really? No, because that horrible, cold, old, bone-chilling rain is coming back at the weekend. You can keep it, as far as I'm concerned. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And your email is opinion at 96mm.ie. And that is the best way to contact us out of hours, so to speak, if you're listening to us on podcast or if you're listening to the overnight repeat of the show between... 3 and 5 in the morning and you want to get a hold of us because some people do I know from around the world people often listen to the overnight repeat of the show because it's in their daytime and or their evening time so if you want to contact us at any point opinion at 96fm.ie same with people listening to the full show podcast which we get for you every afternoon and of course the individual podcast we do the bones of 30 of them or maybe more in the course of any given week John was on talking about the business sector and the hospitality sector and listening in particular to Kevin Hurley uh, with his central stores in town. John is looking for what he says is a bit of balance in this discussion. It's a lot of the operators in Musgraves, i.e. the Musgrave franchises like Supervalue and Central. They have kids who are working for only €8, Euro, uh, youngsters under the age of 18. They're great at doing the poor mouth, but aren't they just trying to get concessions from the government when other supermarkets are paying more? The hospitality industry is also notorious for bad pay. They don't look after people, and yet they want everything. I just think a bit of balance is needed in the discussion. It's a view, John, and uh, thank you for it. If anybody agrees with John, 0818969696. Now, one place I'd hate to have to rely on public transport is Passage. Angela Sweeney joins me. I thought the 223 Angela had in- improved things but not so much, not, not, not so. Good morning. <coughs> Good morning uh, Angela here. No, the 223 didn't improve anything and the 216 is 
I mean, it's ridiculous, really, to have it down for every hour on the hour. Mm. But it doesn't It doesn't come. Does and the 216 I mean, go into passage, does it? It, it goes out to Monkstown, or in Skiddy. It swings around, comes into pa- to Turin, Passage West, and then it makes 62 stops before it gets to the regional hospital. That's right, it's, yeah. Sixty. Now, why I say 62 stops is because if you Google it and you get um, an itinerary of the run, they have written them down twice, they have roasted them down twice, they have a few places down twice, but they do stop twice in some of those places. Mm -hmm. And how often does it stop in passage or where does it stop in passage? Now, where does it stop in passage? They change all the bus stops now recently. They changed one, one in Turin, and then they, they brought it down further, and they put one up by Aldi. But you see, it's it's not the bus stops. It's it's genuinely and truly they're non-existent at times. You can't actually depend on them. They have a bus timetable, and they might as well have toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're saying it's, to me that some useless. people actually get a taxi to Aldi. Oh, yeah. Every, they are, oh, a lot of people do from Mulbourne. Mulbourne is another area now, not to deviate now from the bus stop right. and passage, but Mulbourne is an area in passage and it's called Churchill. Mulbourne. Mm. Now, Churchill and Patrick's Hill, there's not much between them. I know where they are, yeah. And three times a day a bus goes up there. Mm. 20 past one, 20 past three and twenty past six. That bus then swings around and comes back down into the village. So if you want to go to town in the morning, a morning like this morning, now you'd have to get a taxi down that hill this morning. Mm. You know, I mean, they, 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 I, don't, I honestly don't understand. I don't think they do a feasibility study. I don't think they, I don't think they even have um, a system you know what I mean? Like how many people in passage and how many students in St. Peter's and, you know, I mean, you can get the statistics yeah. now off of, you can download. Uh, or the CSO will post you out. Yeah. The, the amount of people in the area. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that passage is an area that could be developed for far more housing, but what's the point? Because there's no public transport, no decent public transport. No, no, you said it. You see, it, like that in the story, the planning permission in Passage Den Lake leaves an awful lot to be desired. We have five lots of buildings now started and left there. Right. We have one down in Horsehead that started half a million houses, built three or four of them, and they're looking at three or four derelict buildings now. Really? Okay. And I mean derelict, I don't mean buildings, I mean skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. They're only started. Then you have you have you come up to Pembroke Wood then, and you have another lot started and left sitting there. Right, right. Never finished. You have another. Now you have the dockyard and the passage. Great things ten years ago. We were having a wharf. We were having this. We were having that. All of a sudden, we had nothing. Yeah. Then you had Howard Holdings buying the convent and building. Houses now, obviously, they'd have to keep the front facade for you know, yeah. Did that happen? Planning reasons, yeah. But behind that, they had an entrance in from behind, 
they started and stopped. No idea what it is in passage. And then I do remember talking about this on the programme a few years ago, Angela. The dispensary, the clinic, got moved no. out. Well, about that now, right? I went over with a few women and we protested. And what they did was, when we left in the evening, they went back one evening, locked it, and we never saw it anymore. Now, if an elderly person wants to go to Carrigaline to have their feet done, They'd have to get the bus in Rockingham, if it came, mm. get off in Douglas, go round the corner to Carrigaline Road, stand there and wait for a bus, get out to Carrigaline. Then when you get to Carrigaline, you're off the beaten track. You have to look for a taxi to bring you the rest of the ways because it's all the way out in Carrigaline Road. Now you get a new baby. Oh, yeah. That's and crazy. You had to bring him out at six weeks, at six months. You might have two or three more with you. I, I mean... They were going to put in a bus. I remember at the time of the dispensary and all the talk was about it moving to Carrigaline, which was... Oh, so there was loads of buses was going to Carrigaline. Yeah, yeah. So, they never planned anything. So someone wanting to go Nothing. to the clinic now has to get a, ta- a bus, if it comes, says you, a bus into Douglas, get off that bus, yeah. get on another bus to Carrigaline, Get off that bus and yeah. walk to the new clinic. Sure, that's not fair on the on the local people. But sure, not only that, by by bus it's only about thirteen minutes. Yeah. To it's drive crazy. drive cross country to it, like yeah. Yeah. Do you know the students in the village that yeah. are going out to RTC and UCC? Yes. They have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and get the seven o'clock bus to get there for nine. <sighs> And what bus would they get? Would they get a 223 or a 216? You see, you see, that's what I'm saying to you. They will get a 223 given the chance and then get a number eight in town. Yeah. To have a better chance. Now, PJ, if somebody can tell me why the 216 bus suddenly turned off at Gary Duff, out of blue one day, and a passenger was told, oh, we've changed the route. Why would you bring passage people up to Noonan's Road, Donovan's Road, all up the back of Maryborough Hill, and yeah. like to complain and get none in office? Yeah, no, I'm laughing because I'm 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 one of the people that benefits from the routing of the two sixteen. To be fair, so I have a kind of a skill. Yeah, I, I, you know, for me it's very handy. But I'm thinking, I'm glad. To be, I'm glad. I'm, yeah. All right, so PJ. Yeah. All right, and Smithers. So before the two and six came, what did you do? Added 220. And why didn't they leave the 220 as well? Do you know? No, 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 you're right. No, listen, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm what, five, ten minutes drive from passage. And where I am, yeah. we're overstuffed with bus services and it's fantastic. And then down in passage, you can't get out to go to college, you can't get out to you're go to You're talking about the 220, are you? 220 and the two, yeah, we have the 220, 216 inside the door. And the 220, yeah. they're unreal. Yeah. They're, they're back to back with each other in the man. Practically, practically, you're right, you're right. And passage, and and no, that's 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 ridiculous. And I was, I'm shocked at what people have to do to get to the clinic. That's mad. Well, would you believe now that's gone on four years? Yeah, I remember doing the. I remember doing the story. I, I had up on Facebook again last week. That is four years since we lost our clinic. Yeah. Yeah, and the promise I mean, was the promise was there'd be a bus service. Yeah, the promise was there'd be a connecting bus service, and we were told at the time. Oh, Joe, definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, there was. Yeah, I remember that promise. And as well as that, 
like you have people used to go to get when we were it was over the high road now beach road people would go over that you know weren't able for this farm filling and children's lungs filling out and stack them you know and then going on to social welfare did get a help for all that yeah, you know, I and anybody wanted some money from uh, it's called uh, some additional needs, you know. Yeah, yeah. They were all over. I mean, people had a grand service. Yeah, and you know, P- PJ, you have no idea how many people have come into passage in the last four years or five. Mm. That's it's, a, it's, a, it's a growing area. I mean, if you drive down through it, you'll see that. Like, it's a growing area. Lots of people moving in, and it's it's lovely in the summer with all the flowers and the playground and all that. It's really nice. Well, but, they keep it beautiful. They do. They keep it fantastic. It and the little museum down there. I, you know, great great affection for Passage, but they're so they're so badly served. Well, you see, again, PJ, I reckon myself that's down to planning. Mm. Even a planning permission. Now, maybe I'm wrong. It's probably a silly thing to say. But I can't understand giving planning permission for three chemists in the space of five miles. Yeah, yeah. Well, chemists will always do, see, chemists will always do business. Chemists will always do business, Angela, you know. But should, but, with planning permission, you wouldn't be able to talk one if there was one in the town. It is true. It is true. No, it, it's it's one... That, and there's lots of people listening to us down around Passage in that general area of town or of the county. Is it town or county? Passage is in the city council now, is it? Or is it? I can't know. Actually, there's the answer. Is, town, is it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Is it city no. or county council? Yes, county, you have county, 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 county council. At the border is along, is along the road. Angela, thank Paris, you. For the, the, thank you for that, Angela. And it's thank you for drawing attention to it. Passage, so badly served by public transport. And it's affecting the development. Uh, he said, Balancholic has seven, what? Seven, seven chemists in Balancholic alone. Douglas has how many? One, two, three. Douglas is about four, I think. Uh, unfortunately, the one up in Broaddale uh, were victims of a fire last week. And I see, in fairness, I was up getting something in the shop uh, over the last few days and furious, working furiously to get the, the chemist in Broaddale uh, back up and running, which is fantastic to see. Balancholic has... Se- and is that just in the main street? Seven chemists. Wow. Along the, the, the length of the town. Carrigaline would have... Carrigaline has one huge one in the middle. There's two or three, actually, in the middle of Carrigaline. Then Douglas has the one there in the main street. Three or four of them. So there's money in chemists. People will always want to go to the chemist. Thanks for that. Sheila was on from Silver Heights. PJ, the number 208 is changing also. And people of Mayfield, not not happy about it. A lot of them are up in arms. I don't know anything, Sheila, about changes in the 208. I did hear on the grapevine that if Cork was to get a second 24-hour bus, it would be either the 208 or the 214. Beyond that, I didn't know anything else. But the two and and that doesn't there's no that's not coming anytime soon. But that was the talk that if Cork was to get a second twenty four hour bus to be either the two hundred eight or the two fourteen, you'd like to see either one of them. I think the two hundred eight would probably be a better bet, seeing as it goes all up into the north side. But I don't know what changes you're talking about, Sheila. But I know how people would depend on it, depend on it very much. In fact, 
0818969696, more advice for the icy mornings, the couple of icy mornings we're getting. Uh, get a kettle full of hot water from the tap, pour it into a plastic bag, and just run the bag over the windscreen. The ice will melt. It's safer than pouring hot water straight onto the ice. Job done. That's, yeah, I've often heard people saying, don't ever pour a hot kettle onto the window of a car. Sure, we've all done it. We have all done it, but you probably shouldn't. You certainly shouldn't. But that's I, you put it into a plastic bag, like a stopping bag. Into yeah, that's 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 a cool idea. But definitely the idea with the towel. Trust me on the towel, as they say. Trust me on the towel. Get a towel and put it across the windscreen. Put the wipers down to hold it in place, and you'll find it an awful lot easier to get started in the morning. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. This week is the 17th anniversary of the iPhone, the very first announcement that Steve Jobs made. Today, we're introducing the revolutionary mobile. I would love if they did this for other products, like washing machines. If you'd have thousands of people in the one place, just get really excited. It's got a 4KG drum, everybody. (laughs) Washing machines will now live forever with Calgon. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. With no DC cars, the place to order your 2024 Skoda. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Open 24-7 at nodc.com. Just a couple of by the by. Um, I put talked there with Crossy earlier on about the new show, Last One Laughing with Graham Norton, which drops on Amazon Friday. That'll be good. I came across a show on Netflix over the last couple of weeks. I saw it coming up on the top 10 or whatever, and I said, I'd give it a shot because it's only 25 minutes per episode called Louder Milk. Again, it is not one for the smallies, but it's very good. It's both very good and very funny in a way that shouldn't be funny, if you know what I mean. It's about an addiction counsellor and his clients that come to his addiction counsellor meetings, and his entire, his entire life is a disaster. It's very funny though, uh, Louder Milk. It's worth a watch. Michael, no, not Michael. Who's this? Oh, yeah, this is Margaret. She says, PJ, can you thank the lady that helped me out in Duns and Balabalan Saturday? This seems to be another one from the posh Duns, as they call it. I ran into a bit of an embarrassing situation at the checkout. The lady came to my rescue and helped me without a moment's hesitation. I wish to thank her most sincerely. There's some very good people around. Many thanks, PJ, from Margaret. And thank you to whoever did that. Was it Mandy, I wondered again? We heard from Ned last week about how Mandy helped him out when he was short of fiver. And then her sister contacted us to say she does this all the time. So could it be Mandy again at Duns in Balavalan? Is after helping out Margaret? You're very good and very kind. Mandy. We had great fun on Friday. Uh, people were saying to me all over the weekend that they had great crack listening to us on Friday talking about phone boxes. It all started from the news that the council are to do up some of the phone boxes in the city centre and replace them with new ones and things like that. But it developed into, you know, the use of phone boxes and how we used to depend so much on phone boxes. Uh, would you believe there's such a thing called the phone box man? No, I kid you not. Paul Murphy, 
the phone box man. You restore these things and sell them on. Good morning. I do. I do. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. It's been a long time since I saw a functioning phone box of any kind. A which? A functioning one. one that actually is a, a functioning one. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people aren't using them. I haven't used them for a long time, really, with mobile phones. So they are extinct or <laughs> no longer required, shall we say. You have a website and the photographs on it are lovely. What do you do with these? You just take them and do them up. But where did it all start? It all started um, about six, seven, maybe eight years ago. Time is time is running running away. I was out of work. Um, I had I had a successful career in the security industry, um, putting cameras in. I put cameras into the Co Park, into the new stadium when it was done up. But that time, I some nice, 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 prestigious contracts. But uh, things went bad when the when the the, the recession came in two thousand eight, and the jobs kind of obviously the first person to go was the guy and the, the big salary. So it, it was it became difficult and my mental health suffered as well. So I was suffering from depression and anxiety. I was out of work and I, I, I had an interest in the phone box. I was restoring phones, our clocks and stuff like that, antiques and that. So I, I said to the missus, I seen one on Dundee and I said, listen, could we invest a thousand euros of our of our savings <laughs> and me not even working on a phone box that I, and it was in bits that I could do up and uh, she said yeah go ahead if it keeps you busy and uh, I did it up in my front garden on Collins Avenue in Dublin and uh, that's how it all started And are you a carpenter or any kind of skills like that or a painter or what? No 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 I've been I've been well, I did, but that's only of late, like in the last 10, 15 years that I've got into all that. Like, but I, 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 um, I, I would be fairly proficient now in, in a lot of, a lot of skills that I've, I'm self-taught on or, or I pick up, I pick up from people around me. I will always, uh, watch and learn from people that, that have, that know better. So, um, yeah, so I've picked up a, a lot of skills along the way. So, but yeah, the, the, the old, the old phone boxes, I think I, I'm sure I, I missed the show on Friday. Um, I'm listening to your show this morning and it's great. It's got a great uh, community vibe to it. Yes. And uh, that's, it, it, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the, the memories people of a certain age, uh, will have of the phone boxes. And, um, that, that's what attracts people and what people like about the phone boxes, the old ones, especially, uh, there's a great video on YouTube and it's well worth lo- six or seven minutes of your life is bye bye now. And it's it's it it documents the old phone boxes when they were being taken out. Probably I don't know when it was twenty thirty years ago, whatever it was. But uh, this film was made, and it, it it features one box down in Castle Townsend, where they got wind that they, someone knew they were coming to take the phone box away, and he rang around everyone in the village or the town, whatever village I suppose it would be, and everyone uh, rallied around the phone box so they wouldn't take it away, and it's still down there. That it's is great, still there. It's a great that video. Yeah. It is, yeah, 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 and it's well worth a look. That video, it's it's a lovely video. It's lovely. Yeah, that, that that Castle Town okay. then phone box is still there. It was down there last September, and I saw it. It's, it's lovely. That's right. Lovely. That's story. right. The photographs on your website. Where do you get these from? The, the the ones that the, the, the original boxes that are left are, would be uh, they they when they were when they were taking them away they just took them and, and and smashed them onto the back of a trailer I'd say the ones that are left are where someone knew someone in the P and T or Telecom Air and whatever it was at the time and said listen if that box is going will you let me know and I'll take it and they got it brought into their yard and left it there for thirty years and never did nothing with it and I'd say that's there that's where the ones that are left and there still are some. Um, um, there's still some around. I got a call off a guy in Galway 
uh, and on Friday and his father had had a phone box. Now he doesn't know where the size of it had gone, but he had the top of it and the bottom of it. And he asked me would I be interested. And I went up on, on, sat, on Saturday. Uh, it was Friday, I got the call. Saturday I went up and picked up the top and the bottom. And that's, they're sitting in yards. That's where they are. But there's a finite amount of them. Yeah. Of, of the original. So what I did when I had a good, uh, a nice original, I, I had a mold made of, of it. So I can make replicas as well. So when I'm, so I could offer a replica exactly the same, no difference. If you had the two side side by side, you wouldn't know the difference. And there's obviously a saving of 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 um, money on that one because it's a bit cheaper. Yeah. But uh, but that's and that's that's why I will be able to offer them. And some people um, <coughs> when they want it, they just they don't, they don't mind that it's not original. Some people really want an original, yeah. and that's fine. Who, who buys I have a couple them? in stock. Um. A lot of the, the the tidy towns around the country are putting them back in their villages as as a street ornament. Wow! And they're putting uh, defibrillators in them. Yes, as a service to the community, and that's and that's lovely to see them going back in. And they're taking charge and ownership of them, and they'll maintain them um, probably better than 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 Aircom or Telecom or yeah. Telecom Air or Air was. Carrigaline, you know, really has one actually. There's a massive housing estate in Carrigaline called Janeville, and just outside Janeville. There is a beautiful old phone box, and it's got yeah. a defibrillator in it. That's it, and that's that's that would be the main use. A lot of private people are buying them then for the gardens, and they want to just put it in, and they'll probably put a telephone in it and have it as as garden furniture. Mm. Um, I sold one to a guy uh, in Dublin who put it. He built a, a bar beside his house there before Christmas, before the, the lockdown, during the first lockdown, sorry. Yeah. And he uh, he wanted to put a, a urinal in it outside. So the lads, there was, a, there, was, there was toilets in the house and all they could use, but he wanted to put a urinal so the lads could run in and have a wee. So we built the urinal with the, the barrel, cut out barrel in it, and we put up opaque glass on it and, and he's delighted with that. Another one last, two weeks ago, uh, one went to London, an original Irish one that came from uh, Mayo, uh, went to London and it's an Irish builder over there living in Ealing in London and he put a shower in it beside his outside pool. <laughs> it's fantastic. So if you have the money and the and 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 the uh, the the interest, you can do whatever you want with them. <laughs> this, this kind of rescued you, though, didn't it, Paul? Because I mean, you were in. Oh, it did way. very much so, very much so, very much so. I mean, um, I was caught up in the corpus. And the things for 30 years working, working in, in very good security companies, but you're caught up in that culture. And uh, I was drinking too much. I was eating too much. I, I, I just, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Mm. Um, I gave up the drink um, probably about 12, 15 years ago. I gave up the drink and uh, I, I, and I, my spare time goes to, uh, I, 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 I got into uh, I, I was working in, in an anti. I, I did the late late show, the antique restoration on the late late show. And Niall Mullen was the expert at the time, and I ended up working for Niall for a couple of years in his shop. And he he had a beautiful oak parquet floor in the shop, and I loved it. I said, I'm going to get one of them. Definitely going to put one of them at home. So we were on holidays, holidays with the wife in 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 in, in England. We went to Beeston Reclamation. I think it's I think it was Wales or England. It's on the border. And I said to him, "Have you any oak parquet floor?" And he says, "Yeah, we have some left there." He says, "What have you got? About eighty meters." I said, "I'll take the lot." Two pallet loads. I had them shipped home. Shipped home. I hadn't told the wife now before I started talking to these guys what my <laughs> plan was, but she she bought on fairly quick, as she did with the phone. So I did too, and I and I put them all on on the ground floor of my house on Collins Avenue in Dublin, and it was just beautiful. And that was now I've sold that house last year, and I've moved to Bettystown. I did the exact same thing in the Bettystown house, but I got the flooring as Irish. It came from the 
the uh, the tech in uh, Kevin Street Tech in Dublin when that was closed wow. down the flooring. So fabulous because there's so some fantastic and, and, flooring around the place. And it, as as buildings become more modern, a lot of that lovely parquet and a lot of that old checker box or checkerboard tiling is being exhausted. Yeah, yeah, it's I, gone. Have you a workshop yeah, yeah. now, Paul, where you do all this? I have a workshop in, in, in Balbriggan. It's it's a part of a farm and it's it's just a lean-to shed, but it's great. It gives me the room to do what I want to do and if I find some weird or wonderful project, I can hide it in there so the wife doesn't see it. And how you long know? does it take <laughs> you? If, if I gave you uh, the, the remnants of, a, of an old phone, like, like that one you picked up the weekend now, the top and bottom. How long will it yeah, take you yeah, to actually yeah. make something saleable out of that? Um, if well, if if I was I, I, a month to six weeks, right. if I have all the parts there. But I mean, it, um, if I'm if I have to run back, or if, I suppose that's only going to take a few weeks to dry. But you're waiting for concrete to dry and stuff like that. But I could have it. It depends on the condition. Most of the ones that I'm getting, the sides, the windows are gone. At one stage, the, the maintenance was always an issue with these, and it was costing money and time and. I think it was Telecom Aaron at the time went around and cut out the actual. They're, they're made of concrete, so the windows, the frame is concrete as well. So they, oh, really? and, and the, the the steel in it rusted. So that was the first sign of weakness on them. So when uh, when they broke, um, Telecom, I think it was Telecom Aaron at the time went around with uh, angle grinders and cut out all the windows and put in the perspex. So you'll see the full sheet of perspex. So you'd have seen that on the boxes. They ended up with just one sheet of perspex riveted around it. So if I got that in, I'd have to reinstate that those windows back in. So I've got the weld in steel, new steel sure. and put, put them back into my moulds that I have and, and mould back in the windows. So there's a lot of work in it, but yeah. six six weeks, two months would, 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 would I, see it. I wasn't to aware that the Irish originals yeah. were, were made of concrete. Didn't know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Wow. And that's why there's no, there's no one else foolish enough to get involved because they weigh over a ton. <laughs> right. So... I've gone down and and I, I don't I don't have the wherewithals to lift them up in in you know if I had a, a truck with a high up at the back I'd lift them up onto it so I will dismantle them from the top down right um, and put them in in the, I used to have a trailer a little van now I can fit them into the back of the van and drive home then but and reassemble them when I get home yeah you, you've done uh, some British to, ones have, as well they're cast iron aren't they yeah 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 they're cast iron they they bit classier now than, than, than the, the concrete was a bit rough but I like the British I think they're, they're kind of a style icon and I love them but uh, I've done two of them one is down in um, near Nina Bali oh my god I can never remember the Bali Moon I think it is near right. Nina yeah, it's a pub and he has an English one on one side of the road yeah, and an Irish one on the other who in Ireland buys in a British red telephone box well this guy this guy was his, his angle was it was just before Brexit was being voted for and he said <laughs> no Brexit here and he had the one on each side of the road <laughs> and he bought he bought two two post boxes as well so he has an English red post box and an Irish post box he's the two of them there as well so um, that's that's yeah but that, that's, that's what I, I, the, other, the one I, I had the two of them in my front garden an Irish one and an English one um, and when I, when I moved from 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 Dublin to Bettystown, I I, I it, the English one is now outside my workshop, but I probably will put it in my garden if I wow. think that the my, my this new neighbours are able for job now, Paul. When you look back at what you used to do compared to what you do now, <laughs> life is very different. Uh, that's great. It is. It is, and it's it's wonderful. I mean, I've started living as I would I would say um, I've never been as happy. And you know, money isn't everything, mm. and the big salary isn't everything, and. Um, I, I, it's probably easy saying that now when your mortgage is paid and the kids have grown up. That's it's easier for me to do this and to live this life. Uh, the other life probably was good at the time to to get to get all those things done. But 
Uh, no, I'm 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 enjoying myself now, and it, it's uh, and you meet so many people too. Like I mean, uh, the Samaritans bought a, bought a box off me for um for the the bloom the garden garden uh, mm-hmm. exhibition in Phoenix Park two years ago, and since then I've been friends with Samaritans and that box. Although they bought it off me, it's still sitting in my warehouse. So I drive it around for different shows, whatever they want to um, raise awareness. They yeah. used to put the phone box because obviously it's a great symbol for them phoning the Samaritans. So. They use it a lot, so but you meet people along the way that um, you know that you'd never have a chance of meeting. It's a great story. It's a great story, Paul. Mm. Phoneboxman dot com. It's it's worth a look. Great talking to you. Great and you can get get me on in, in, Instagram as well, Phoneboxman, and Facebook Phoneboxman, and Twitter Phoneboxman. Anywhere, anywhere you want, you'll find Phoneboxman. Right, Thanks a million, Paul Murphy. Thank you very much. And we will. But th- that's just a follow on from Friday when we had so much fun talking about phoneboxes. This guy. Balanced out of work, depressed out of his head, drinking too much, eating too much, and then he started restoring old phone boxes. And now it's his business and his life's work. Isn't that a great turnaround? Phoneboxman.com. W-W-W, as they say. Phoneboxman.com. Anything else I need to clear at this stage? Yeah, never pour boiling hot water on the windscreen. It'll crack the windscreen. Lukewarm water is best. Yeah, well, yeah, boiling water. You wouldn't, yeah. No, no, no. Just if you've got hot water in the tap of a morning, that's perfectly hot enough to to throw out the windscreen. Thanks for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It is uh, Dolores O'Riordan's anniversary today. Six years ago today, we lost probably, arguably, one of the greatest Irish female voices of all time. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 We were wrong about seven chemists in Ballancolic. There's 11. Holy moly. From in the space of two miles from the West End to the East Side Roundabout. Thank you. For that. Is that a Guinness Book of Records? 11 chemists in Ballancolic and on weather Tom reminds us of YR or Y-R-N-O weather it's a fabulous app it is Tom it's excellent it's Norwegian actually Y-R-N-O but you can find your own local area your own local district and it is really accurate it is Tom thank you for that 0818 96 96 96 so much talk of businesses struggling and so much talk about the cost of living and the first batch of energy bills the, the the Christmas energy bills will be landing in the next week or so and people are dreading it and mortgages have gone through the roof and how could you save money heading into 2024 Martina Hennessy is managing director of doddle.ie and you say Martina switch your mortgage sort out your tax credits and look at your insurance good morning Good morning, PJ. Yeah, that's it. I, I suppose for most households, their largest financial commitment is their mortgage. And it's the one that, you know, as interest rates have increased so much, it's the one that ha- has the massive impact if you're rolling off a low rate onto a higher rate. Mm. So for 2024, we're urging customers to not be afraid to look at what rates are available on the market to ask their own lender the question of is there a better rate for them, particularly if they're on a variable rate or coming out of a fixed rate, because that's the time. Don't just, or, uh, you know, don't just accept the first rate that's offered to you. Do your research because the difference between the highest and the lowest rates in the market, the lowest is 3.65. The highest is now over 7%. PJ. So the difference is huge for anyone yeah. who has a mortgage and who could make the savings and interest adds no value. So it's a real 
call to to make sure that if you have a mortgage, if you're coming to the end of a fixed rate, make sure you look and get market-based advice or do your research to make sure you're getting the lowest rate that you can get. Is there a whole pile of work in switching, Martina? Yeah, and people ask us this all the time, PJ. So right now, there's a number of lenders who offer reduced document journey. So when you're making a mortgage application to switch, the new bank that's taking over the mortgage does need to see that you can still afford to repay the mortgage. They have to do their own due diligence. But the big thing to understand, first of all, before you even undertake whether, you know, what's, what's involved is to see does it make financial sense to switch? Because you'll only ever make um, make the switch if it does make financial sense to do so. And when you look at the numbers, there is an application process. You do need to pull together documents, but they should be all very readily available, like your online bank statements, your pay slips and, and, and your EDS, which is like your old form P60. So once you've those to hand, that's what's involved in switching in terms of the documentation. It's not as easy, easy as switching utilities. No. But when you look at the benefits that can be made, the benefits is a, a huge multiple of what you could save mm. by saving utilities or checking your, your car insurance. Like, or like your how long insurance. does switching take, for example? You wouldn't get caught, yeah. for example, you wouldn't get caught to be paying two lenders at the same time while you're switching, No. No, that doesn't happen because once your new mortgage is drawn down, your solicitor will close off your prior mortgage. So you won't be paying anything until the new mortgage is drawn down, at which point your solicitor really does a quick turnaround in in closing off the existing mortgage that's in place. So you won't have two mortgages in place. And indeed, right now, there's there's a legal process involved because you do have to have a solicitor involved. But four lenders on the market offer switcher packages, which means you've no cost to switch. They're also offering reduced document journeys and also... Also, their timelines are back in order. During COVID, it took a number of weeks to get mortgage approval. It took a number of weeks to close out in the mortgage. But right now, those timelines are back. Okay. So for our clients, it's between five to six weeks. Once their deeds are readily available from their own bank, it's five to six weeks to close out the process. You're not involved on a daily basis. That's where, for example, a broker, a banker, a financial advisor would take over that that, that process for you. Okay. You're really, you're, the, the heavy lifting, I suppose, is pulling the documentation together, but it's so worth it. Okay. Tax credit. You reckon we're not cashing in on our tax credits? Yeah, I think we're always afraid to ask the tax man anything in case we owe them money. But the tax <laughs> That's exactly the right thing, Martina. Most people yeah, are terrified yeah. to ask the tax man. Oh, by the way, you owe me a couple of quid. They're afraid. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, absolutely. But taxback.com are the real experts here. So they would say that the average tax refund is €1,880 for their customers who come to them. So the standard tax reclaims really are around medical expense relief, year of marriage relief, tuition fees. So if you're paying qualifying fees for a child in third level education, you'll be due some of that back as a tax credit. For those who are renting, the rent tax credit is available and that's for 2023. The claim back is €750. And then you've anybody who's working remote or on a hybrid basis can claim back relief in up to 30% of their heating or their electricity costs. And then you have thousands of Irish workers across a, a plethora of industries, really, who are due money back under flat rate expenses. And they can be electricians are due, you know, 153 euros, teachers, 518 euros. Yeah. And it's to do with their occupation and the nature of their, their profession as such. So it's definitely one to check. Tax back or any of the, the tax reclaim um, websites would certainly be the ones to contact in relation okay. to that. Or log on and make sure you're claiming all the credits that you're entitled to okay. under your PAYE on my account on Ross. Lastly, to insurance, and I had a chat with a pal of mine recently about this with regards to house insurance, and I'm one of these people that pays it through my mortgage provider, and he said, you're being, you're, you're being fleeced. Move. Again, is that easy? 
switching your 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 insurance, your home insurance is, is very readily, very easy to do in that you just need to know what the rebuild value of your home is. So what is your building cover? What, what level is that at? What contents do you have? And then to check the market for the lowest rate. Certainly worthwhile if you stay with your own existing insurer. In general, there's no benefit or bonus or loyalty bonus for you to stay with them. It's really important. Um, insurance, you know, is, is a renewable every year. So annually you should be checking. If you're with your bank where your mortgage is with, they will generally just have one insurance company. So they're only tied to an insurance company. They offer just that product or just that those premiums where if you look to the market, you'll get a market range. There's a huge number of insurers in the Irish market. So it's really worthwhile looking at your okay. general insurance and also your life cover, especially, for example, so every mortgage has to have a life policy or a mortgage protection policy with it. So if you've changed, if your circumstances have changed, for example, you've gone from being a smoker to a non-smoker and you haven't smoked, vaped or had nicotine replacement in 12 months, the premium that you'll have will should reduce substantially by virtue of your non-smoker status. So all of those type of things, when you're looking at your household costs, again, mortgage is the big ticket item. Tax refunds, tax is a big part of all of our all of our lives in that we every month, every time we, we earn, we pay tax. So that's one to look at again with the tax credits. And then your general insurances, your life insurance, your home insurance, even your car insurance. But it's up for renewal. Ask the question as to whether there's a better you premium better available manage. for you. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. You reckon we could save thousands a year by making some switches. Thank you for that, Martina Hennessy, Managing Director of Doddle. Dot IE, and I'm sure if you look up Doddle, D-O-D-D-L dot IE, there's some ideas there. Thank you. Switch your mortgage, sort out your taxes, and check your insurers, and she reckons you'll save quite a lot of money. I'm one of these people that is still insuring my house through my mortgage. My pal says to me, it's costing you a fortune. When it comes around in the summertime, I will definitely look at moving it, but at the moment I'm kind of locked in, but definitely yeah, we're going to move some stuff. I know I moved my utilities over the last couple of years. I moved my phone my house phone and my broadband last February and saved an absolute fortune. So, you know, and we're moving our mobile phones at the moment and we'll save a fortune. So it's there, you just have to go out and look for it. 0818969696, Lorraine and Ross are back in the morning on Cork's 96 FM. They flip and reverse back tomorrow. Skits and Giggles is back. The two grand minute, of course. And this morning, Lorraine was trying to get some photos printed. Um, it did not go well. Tell everybody about the photo that you sent to me and Box in our WhatsApp group. I just thought, you know what? I might inspire you. I think my goal is to get in better shape than I was. I think it was 10 years ago. So I went, I'm going to put this photograph into the group so that it's accountability for me to go, I'm going to be in better shape than this. I went to a pharmacy, you know, with the machines and stuff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All the photos from my camera roll popped up on the screen and for some reason they didn't show up in the tiny little thumbnails that they normally do. Mm -hmm. They showed up in full size, photo size on the screen and the first one on my camera roll is Ross Brown's (laughs) naked body with an F in front of his crotch. I bet she was like, I've got the same one on my phone. (laughs) Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Weekdays from 6am. Corks 96FM. I have no words. No words. (laughs) <laughs> program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All your podcasts up shortly. And we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach96FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.